Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans. And those of us who are forced to listen to them. Today is someday, and someday we're talking stormtroopers and time jumping in that galaxy far, far away. Get ready, because it's time to drink up. Drink up. Not Gina. She's on the list. Oh, you're <laughs> we, off the list. No, I, oh, hope on the she, list. I hope she can get off the list. Right now, she's on the list. And we are not talking about her. Maybe in a few minutes. I'm curious right what now, list it is. It's not a good one. It's the naughty list. <laughs> I'm telling Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Brian, your host. And with me, as always, is my better half and your better host, Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. I am so overwhelmed. I am I am intimidated, and this we probably have what fifteen seconds of audio going right now. Probably it's been about an hour. Easy, maybe more. <laughs> We're just not used to doing it by ourselves anymore. We have had so many guests for so long. I don't know how just to be in a couplehood anymore. I'm maybe I'm a thruple. Could you be? I don't know. Maybe we just always need a special guest star. <laughs> You know, I have to say, I thank you to everyone because our listenership has gone up a lot, like 20%. That's awesome. And I'm also a little intimidated. We've got some great reviews on iTunes. People have been saying some very, very, very nice things on Twitter. And now I am overwhelmed and intimidated. So watch this podcast crash and burn under the weight of pressure. It won't happen. (laughs) But thank you, everybody, who has been listening. Yes, no, thank you. And what I will do every time I'm feeling blue, I'll just go over to our Instagram where we have some very cute listeners. Awesome. It is like the gay stereotypes are all there. Very handsome men. Many of them are shirtless. Some of them in underwear that reveals more than what some people would. I'm all here for it. It's fine. I get to look at Star Wars and cute boys now. It's good. Sounds like you got a great life. I really do. <laughs> How many times have you visited the Instagram page, Thomas? Uh, many times. I'm um, my fingers hurt because I keep pressing the the app, so I I have to rest it now. So active. Do you know what you press when you like something on the Instagram, Thomas? Yeah, a heart, Brian. Oh, good Hello. Job. Good job. <laughs> well, since we're on the subject of social media, Thomas. Yes, Brian. <laughs> well, let me tell you about a pitch perfect blend of intelligence. And let me get my glasses, too. So, here we go. What we're going to do here is we're going to go back. Now, oh, wait, that's another show. Um, We're going to talk about somebody who left left us something nice on this Instagram that I allegedly have never been to, but all of a sudden now have all the information for. But that information was from Apple Podcasts. It's like the morning show. I'm I'm reading my copy. (laughs) It's going up on the teleprompter right now. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) So we uh, got a new computer here in the house. And uh, with that new purchase of a very expensive computer came a free year of Apple TV Plus with their two shows that they have on there. But one of those two shows was uh, Newsroom, Newscast, The Morning Show. The Morning Show with with, uh, Elle Woods and The Rachel. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston and, and Reese Witherspoon. It was very good, but Tom is now taking podcasting on a whole serious level. Well, you know, I had these demands. I was waiting in the green room, <laughs> but I didn't get what I'd asked for. And when I entered the studio, I thought that the sound check had been done, but I guess it hadn't have been. <laughs> Not successfully. <laughs> I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. No, real quick, before we... Partially. Before we, before we read... Uh, the not instagram copy it's called it's called copy no uh (laughs) we really have gone up in a lot of listenership so we appreciate it make sure you are following us on all of our socials at serving pink milk both on instagram and twitter we are probably more 
active on Twitter than we are Instagram, but I am trying to do more Instagram as well. And a really important thing, which Tom is about to read to you, is please visit us at Apple Podcasts. Please take a few minutes out of your day and go and give us a five-star review and leave us a written review like the one Tom's about to read. Now, how was that for professional? That was really good. I even got the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Not that finger, but the finger, the go-ahead finger. Anyway, pitch perfect blend of intelligence. Brian and Tom are awesome. Such an enjoyable show with a pitch perfect blend of intelligence. Even though it says intelligence, they might not be talking about me. Discussion, great banter, and fun vibes. Incredible production value as well. I underline that one because Brian feels good. I really love this pod. If you're looking for a solid Star Wars pod, or really just a great pod in general, you need this in your playlist. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. That was awesome. And yes, then I read that. I feel very good because we have done everything on the show. We do the music. We do the graphic design. We do it all. It is 1,000% representative of Pink Milk. And now I'm very intimidated because these are starting to come through, which is wonderful. I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. But now I feel the pressure. But you know how I've fixed that pressure, Thomas? You rise above rise above if you start following us on twitter and instagram on fridays we now have pink milk times the mixtape mixtape we have two volumes thomas join the pink milk friday dance party they're really awesome actually. that's a hashtag I'm, it's I like we're it. gonna get it trending on twitter one thomas. thing i have to say my husband loves music you are a musy, as I always called you. Yes, and if any of our listeners are unaware, I am a gigantic queen. I am a big homo. I am a gay dude. <laughs> Therefore, I have great taste in music. At 5'4". Five, At 5'4". Five, but in heels, I'm 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen those things yet. <laughs> yeah, no, Brian really is great. He loves music, so I definitely do. check out the uh, mixtape. Every Friday. Every Friday. It's going to be fun. Join the Pink Milk Friday dance party. Get on the train. <laughs> Ride that choo-choo. <laughs> choo-choo train. Ooh, ooh. Come on, baby. Ride that train. Do you remember ooh. that song? Yeah, I, yeah, I just couldn't oh, think of any so words. All right, I didn't you want know, to repeat I, the ones you said. We but. also have an email, Thomas. We got an email Oh, we have an week. email? Should I read that too? No. Oh. <laughs> Did I not too well? This email is from our friend Eric on Twitter. And he also has a podcast, The Living Force, and you should listen to it because you don't like to read books. And I don't like to read books, so we should go listen to that podcast. I love books, especially (laughs) if my kids are listening. (laughs) Just not Star Wars books. All right. Hey, fellas. This email serves as Brian's official hall pass to purchase the Ahsoka Hot Toys figure. There is a new figure. Hot Toys. Tom Barry does not know what Hot Toys are. They're very detailed, very rad. Toys. Whoa, 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 Eric. That's not his hall pass to buy. Any more toys. Have you seen his office? We're going to put a pin in that because we were somewhere this weekend <laughs> that we saw some toys that, I, that, that I got nothing on. So this email serves as Brian's official hall pass to purchase the Ahsoka Hot Toys figure. Is it too expensive? Probably. Is it absolutely absolutely necessary? Maybe not. Should it happen anyway? Absolutely. Please refer to this email when the receipt comes through for said purchase. May the force be with you, Eric. Oh, Eric. This toy is only $250. Well, I'll tell you what we could do. We could sell all this stuff, and we still might have to chip in and get it. <laughs> it's really cool. Seriously, like every week something new arrives in the mail. The kids get very excited. They think it's for them. No, it's dad's what? Uh, as Jack calls it, oh, is that one of your man-child toys? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did just get a 10-inch uh, Mandalorian with a very shiny chrome head. It's, it's pretty very, cool. It's pretty rad. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm very excited. But yeah, no, we've... Uh, so thank you, everyone. I think we've had more retweets. I don't know. It's all, Something's happening, and I very much appreciate well, it. Well, thank you to everybody but yeah. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tom uh, has always made fun of me. I'm sure on air about how many toys I have, which is really not that many compared to probably some. And for Labor Day, we went to a a barbecue 
where this person has an entire office. Floor to ceiling. People, I am speechless. I have never <laughs> seen so many... I've never seen so many. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. They were hanging from the ceiling. Now, albeit very well yeah, done, it was I'm really impressed. Cool. But I have never in my life seen so many. Why? Who needs all that? A lot of people. I would say uh, there there was probably what thirty ships hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, and they were really awesome. They uh, were truly cool. that was awesome. I'm not lying. This dude probably had three, four hundred action figures lined up on shelves. There was like. Uh, troop building uh, stormtroopers. It was very rad. But not just lined up, standing up in a row, in rows upon rows upon rows. You know how difficult it is to get those things to stand up? I do. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm still scratching my head going, why? But it is a really impressive collection. Yeah, I think Jack said something like, I thought you liked Star Wars. Apparently not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was impressive. It was really cool. I was in there for quite a, quite a while. It was mostly uh, like 2000s, uh, probably from Attack of the Clones. No, he had some uh, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace forward. He had actually a white Darth Vader. I knew nothing about it. Listeners, anyone know what this white Darth Vader three and three quarter inch figure is like a reference to or of or where it came from? I don't know, but I have to say he looked pretty cool. All like white. Of course, he was a super fan, so I was embarrassed to even ask. I'm like, oh, no, I don't you know, want him to think. Well, I'm we, just a, what What am I called again? Casual at best. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Speaking of Alice and Laura of Force Toast Pod, uh, we, at the end of the show, please stick around for Trivs. 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 Uh, because... We have someone else who sent us some questions to challenge my super fandomness, and I'm sure I'm going to fail epically and become the embarrassment of the show. And I will be your trivia host. I think it's called a trivia master. I like that even better. (laughs) (laughs) I will be your trivia master. (laughs) Well, before we get to trivia, Thomas, we have some news to discuss. Oh, yeah. Don't trivia me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we really should watch it. He does better than I do. That would be. Oh, oh, why'd you throw one at me? Come on. Embarrassing. What forest moon did the Ewoks live on in Return of the Jedi? Forest moon of. Endor. Boom! Ding, 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 ding. ding. Good job. Oh, I'm getting in trouble because that was loud, wasn't it? Sorry. Hey, don't blame me if you get an offender bender because you got scared because Tom yelled into the microphone. You can blame him. So, Thomas, we have news. Talk to me. The Mandalorian season two, October thirtieth. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's a good time to plug. Uh, Next week's we're going to go weekly. Starting from this, we are back to weekly for the foreseeable future because we are going to start a roundtable and we. Uh, we'll be doing a roundtable with a bunch of queer people to rewatch The Mandalorian, which I think is a very queer-coded show. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. You all should have just seen Tom's face when I said queer because he still does not like that word. Like gay. He's a big old gay. You gay. <laughs> okay, Margaret's mom. <laughs> yeah. Why do you got to be so gay? He's so gay. So big and gay. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret Cho. Uh, this is not Star Wars related. I went and saw her. This was 15 years ago. <laughs> Don't tell that uh, story. The, Par- <laughs> the Parsimmons. Just YouTube, Margaret Cho, Parsimon Diet. Holiday. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to shit right now. <laughs> no, you did not. You did not. You did. You did. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> Margaret Cho, Parsimmons died. Maybe I'll, just I'll left put it, tweet it at, out. Go oh, check god. it out. <laughs> the fun happy. Anyways, we have Mandalorian coming up on October 30th, and you brought up Gina Carano, and Gina Carano is in the midst of a Twitter battlefield right now. Uh, First, earlier this week, late last week, at some point I saw something where she doesn't necessarily 
believe that the pandemic is real is what the tweet alluded to. She thinks people need to get back to work and go to church and the masks. And there were some, some comments she made in, in quotes, like alluding to the pandemic wasn't real, which is not cool, I guess. Uh, I don't know how we feel about these things necessarily. And I'm sure I'm going to get under attack now for saying that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if an actor has the obligation to like, we can tweet whatever we want but maybe an actor does, but I also understand they have, she has like almost 400,000 followers. So it does seem kind of reckless. People do look up to her. Mm. Um, she's also, there are accusations from Twitter that she is transphobic, which honestly is very important to this show in particular. And it's something that we need to take seriously and, uh, comment on. So we will be talking about that next week with a panel, uh, of people, Hopefully, if people are open and willing to share their thoughts on it, because it's an important thing to discuss. And it is something that uh, I don't think Cara Dune would be anti-trans because badasses in real life uh, take a stand against those who are being oppressed. And that honestly, that's what she would have done. That's what she's doing in the show. It's unfortunate that uh, the actress isn't taking lead from the character she's portraying. Um, so let's hope she does. Uh, I'm one who believes in people being able to do better. So I hope, uh, Gina Carano takes everything going on and does better. Uh, with that said, there has actually been a GoFundMe set up, um, by some amazing people on Twitter. And, uh, I don't want to say their name just in case they don't want us to, but we have retweeted it and you can find it there and follow that person because uh, we need to say thank you. And the GoFundMe page is set up for the Transgender Law uh, Center at Trans Law Center on Twitter. Uh, find that GoFundMe support. They do a lot of outreach for trans youth and community outreach. And uh, their, their organization will do good with any money that we can send them so uh we here at pink milk will definitely be contributing to the gofundme we will stand by all of our lgbtq plus uh people and our show is for you and there will always be a open mic here for any of you who feel the need to share your place and find a welcoming set of ears and a really wonderful group of listeners who are very supportive and passionate and compassionate um go out and help because there are people there who need it who are oftentimes ignored and it is wrong and we will not stand for it and i really really hope for you gina that not that you're listening but I hope you do better and I hope you get better um, because clearly regardless how you feel, you have affected a lot of people and um, that's not all right. So please listeners go follow the show notes, click the link to GoFundMe, do what you can. We uh, could all use it and the Star Wars community could use it. And thank you very much to those of you who set up this GoFundMe. We are in full support, and we've got you if you need any other help. Okay, well, uh, sorry, I had to hit the pause button after that little uh, bit, but I do think it's important. I know we don't talk like that a lot on this show, but when the time is right, we need to. I agree. So... Let's get back to how we... Uh, Let's normally... bring that mood back up, people. <laughs> Drink up. Drink up. <laughs> so, speaking of drinking up, uh, the podcast and YouTube universe was drinking up some Daisy Ridley and a comment that she made earlier this week on the Jimmy Kimmel show. What did she do? So, is the Jimmy Kim- is Jimmy Kimmel like the Tonight Show or is it just the Jimmy Kimmel Show? I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, just the Jimmy Kimmel Show. So I guess he's had all these celebrities because I know I saw your uh, Olivia Pope on there one day mm-hmm. doing something, right? So Josh Gad, who's the little snowman from Frozen, for years, like he and Daisy Ridley had like a really good rapport anyways where he was always joking around about trying to get Star Wars info dirt out of her on social media. It was actually, it was really funny. Mm-hmm. But now that she's done, I guess this was the first interview post- uh, the rise of skywalker 
that she had done. And uh, he asked her about the parentage situation or something. I watched this a few days ago. I don't remember the, the total specifics. But uh, he asked basically if it was always planned because there's always there's so much controversy about her being a Palpatine. Right. And she had mentioned that during the the Force Awakens that there was talk of her being related to Obi-Wan somehow. And then she was nobody, which is what they said in The Last Jedi. And then when J.J. Abrams came back to do The Rise of Skywalker, that uh, he had mentioned... Uh, you're going to be a Palpatine. And she's like, okay, cool. And then it turned, maybe not, maybe, maybe we won't. So then there was hesitation. And she said, while we were filming, it kept changing. And it sent Twitter and YouTube ablaze of more of the same old stuff that we've been hearing for three years of Disney doesn't have a plan. This is proof they don't have a plan. Even the actors did da, da, da. So I'm curious as you, which I've mentioned several times i'm very jealous because you don't know about any of these things going on you're just a casual fan at best and you get to go enjoy the movie without all this does that kind of stuff matter to you no (laughs) any other questions (laughs) i just like i'm curious i mean no i mean what why is it gonna matter to me i don't understand why i mean who was she gonna be then was she gonna be somebody or was she always gonna be no well no that's what they were saying at one point in time maybe she was gonna be related to obi-wan mm-hmm. and then they were really going to make her a no one and then the palpatine came at some point right. i guess i feel like well let me retake back what i just said does it matter to me well yeah kind of would have changed the whole story if she wasn't related to palpatine they built the entire movie based on uh palpatine but so that would have mattered that's the thing it sound the way and the way the trilogy unfolded, the last movie made her all about a, Palp- a Palpatine, but the mm-hmm. trilogy didn't. That was the third act of a three-act play. Now, all True. of a sudden, it didn't. I still feel like it could have been there. I thought that for a long time anyways. I don't like the way it was revealed in The Rise of Skywalker. It was like, random. Like, all of a sudden, there he is at the beginning. Like, there mm-hmm. was no... If you decided you were going to bring him in, I feel like they had a full act of building into like building a mystery of who this person was going to be and then drop it in for the second act and then the climax later something it could mm-hmm. have worked better for me but you know i think back to the original trilogy when luke and leia were kissing because leia was not going to be a skywalker until uh return of the jedi originally there was going to be that trilogy and it was going to be revealed that there was another skywalker and that was going to be episodes seven eight nine were going to be about luke finding this new skywalker but george lucas started adopting children and didn't want to make them anymore and so he in order to tie up the story made leia skywalker and i just wonder how we would have been is that true mm -hmm, that was kind of like an abridged version of (laughs) of the thing uh but i'm like that is also the creative process. I don't want it to be an excuse because I really was like this. There's no way Disney doesn't have a plan and they didn't spend that much. I was on that hill and I don't think they had a plan now. And part of me like wants to be on team Lucasfilm and say they were trying to be artistic in our tour and keep that like rebel spirit that George Lucas had. And I can almost stand by that. I don't think... I think had The Rise of Skywalker been executed better, no one would have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. The Rise of Skywalker was not executed well. That's what the problem is. Not the lack of that is the creative process. You know, when you relay it the way you relayed the story, it sounds as if though there wasn't a plan. Oh, yeah, wow, it's consistently not had plans, meaning Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Yeah, Luke and Leia kissed. Oh, and now the brother and sister, no plan. Yep. You know, who's the father? Palpatine. But the truth of the matter is, He's a fairly big actor, so they would have had to have coordinated that way in advance, and he was really... Possibly. You know, he was in many points of the story. Possibly. So... Like, I like it. I thought the idea that he was the ultimate villain brought forth the ultimate hero that really ended, ended the Skywalker bloodline and ended the saga was 
related to him, the one who started it and now someone ended it, I think is really beautiful. It was just not executed well. I think that we'll, the only way we'll ever really appreciate how it ended is what comes next. Uh, so if yeah, nothing exactly. ever comes next with regards to this story, and yes, it's done, wink, wink, you know. <laughs> it's uh, been done so many times. You know, uh, but I think that you'll, uh, you may appreciate it kind of like episode one. We didn't really uh, appreciate that because we didn't know where that came from because we left off at episode seven? Six. Six, okay. Yeah, which is what we're going to be talking about today with, with time jumping because mm-hmm. the idea of jumping stories all over time, maybe it's been done before, but... It really is a really actually important part of the Star Wars storytelling experience now because we get so many different parts of the story and we know how some things finish, but we didn't know how they started and we know how things get left. And then sometimes it's years before it's told again, which is, I think, so important to Star Wars. Like, we had to wait what 15 years between episode between return of the Jedi and episode one, it was 10 years between uh, the force awakens and the rise of Skywalker. We're not going to have that time anymore. Now that it's in Disney's hands and the Mandalorian is very successful. We will have other television shows and it seems in, and that's cool because today's society with streaming and the way things work, we don't want to wait that long anymore. So I do think there are parts of the Star, Star Wars storytelling that I think at one point in time were very important to Star Wars storytelling that I think today's audiences don't want that anymore. You know, I think that's very well said. I, I do think that our generation-ish is more accustomed to waiting for things mm-hmm. the way we were raised. We had to wait for the TV show to come yep. on the week after. We had to wait for the season to come back. You know, the our kids today do not know that at all. And they they are, you know, what do you mean we can't just turn on the TV and uh, because we're in a hotel and they don't have Apple TV, you know? Yep. What do you mean we can't get that right away? I think that generation is absolutely not going to be able to put up with and Star Wars, Yeah, and Star Wars needs to adapt to that because that's the future. You know, I think about Lost, which is one of my favorite television sh- series of all time. You loved it too. We weren't together at the start of it, but it was still on when we first we got together. We were there together, when right? it ended. But... You know, part of that show's storytelling experience was the shared experience of watching Lost week to week and the wait in between. I'm not sure if that show would work the same way, have never seeing it on a streaming service without it being current. Uh, it might not work. I still, I have watched that show a lot, but I know the whole story now. But part of it was the excitement. Same with Game of Thrones. That was one of that show really worked with this. Well, what do you think's going on and people talking? But we missed that hype train because we didn't watch Game of Thrones when it was actually airing until that last season, which which and I never then saw. it was painful to watch because we actually had to wait once <laughs> was, a week or yeah, however it, was, it is when they went off. Yep. Uh, that was hard. That was really hard. so. I think uh, I I just find it interesting how Star Wars in the eighties, the original trilogy that is the heart of the saga would survive and hold up being told today i just i wonder if it would be what it is i don't know but i thought it was interesting but i don't know if i carry it well thank you for sharing you know i that's what i'm here for (laughs) i have an entire podcast to share my feelings and my opinions and some papers and some papers i've really stepped my my trivia questions no that's coming later right now we're going to talk about uh it's going to be our segue into Stormtroopers and maybe another soapbox moment because we're going to talk about John Boyega. Johnny it's, Boy. It has been talked to to death, uh, rightly so and importantly so. There are people who will speak about it better than we do, but I do think it's important to at least bring it up. What did you think of the the interview? We watched the, the interview with GQ. You know, I thought it was really good. I was intrigued enough because I did not see John speak at the protest. Mm-hmm. I had heard you speak about it. I had heard maybe a little bit on the news, but I certainly I had not sat down and listened to it. So yeah. I thought the interview was good enough and prompted my interest enough to go back and listen to that. Yeah. And I, it was quite passionate. And uh, quite honestly, it was really impressive. It made me stop and think. So Yeah, it was... So both the interview and 
the protest speech made me stop and think. It was the part that, to bring it really into Star Wars, that was John Boyega proved his voice and proved that he can use his platform to help move people forward. It was really, really wonderful, actually. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I was hopping on the Twitter train. It's very I call it the Twitter train. And it's very easy to hop on when you know the car is full. But it's a really scary thing if you're going to hop on and you might be the only one on. You've got to wait for some passengers. It really makes you very vulnerable. And what he did was be very vulnerable when it was a spur-of-the-moment announcement. He didn't know if his career would be on the line or not. But that's why it mattered even more. He was willing to sacrifice himself for the whole. I mean, that was impressive. He yeah. he went out. He had a mask on. I saw the way he was dressed. So he looked like he, you know, basically, yep. hey, I'm going out. Yep. See, I've ne- he even said it out loud. I had never been to a protest before, and he was not planning on speaking. So every single thing was not rehearsed. It came from the heart, which is impressive. I mean, it was really impressive. 100%. And like I said, he was very passionate. So you yep. couldn't... St- you couldn't not hear him when he was speaking. Yeah, honestly, it was great. And we all, a lot of us, like I know Finn wasn't your favorite character in, in the sequel trilogy. I loved him in the first one. And that held me through a lot. But he did, his story did get lost a little bit maybe as it went on. I'm really upset that in the the marketing for the force awakens he was the one wielding the lightsaber all the time and i get that they were trying to make the ray moment at the very end a surprise you couldn't show her with the lightsaber and so i was like okay that's weird that they did that but okay then all of a sudden in the rise of skywalker more execution problems with that movie like they all of a sudden made him force sensitive but they didn't actually tackle it they just mentioned it so it was almost like, hey, everybody, know that's why we had him with the lightsaber, because we really did care, but we don't have time to do it now. Well, they should have never brought it up again. And I could, I can feel his frustration with some of those things, and it's probably justified. I want to say that uh, I actually gained a new respect for him, so I might have to move him up on my list. Wow. Because when I saw him in the interview, I didn't see Finn at all. And okay. then his his interview led me to want to see the speech at mm-hmm. the protest and I didn't see Finn at all. So I thought to myself, wow, what a really great actor to not, I'm not even seeing Finn in front of me yeah. as you are speaking. I was impressed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I that's was impressed. Awesome. That is what this entire world right now needs to learn to do. Is let people grow. In my opinion, it's sometimes it's very hard. This is a uh, not important <laughs> thing if you like or dislike a character in a movie but you're willing to I was thinking back to June when we were on the Blue Bantha milk talking about uh, um, found families and Matt and Sean had mentioned at one point in time they felt that they were dicks to be used their words but they grew and we need to learn to let people grow have a conversation I am not one to and it's easier. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it certainly wasn't easy for John Boyega to hop up on that train when he may have been the only person in the car, at least on his level. Um, but we have to let people move forward. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think over this past few months with this podcast, I think I I myself have learned a new level of the importance of representation. We talk about it a lot on the show now and having children and we are now a mixed race family. Like it really has changed a lot of things. And I really appreciate actors like that. And, you know, a lot of us Star Wars fans wanted Finn. We love the idea of a former stormtrooper rising up. And it's something we'll talk about in the second half of the show, but in leading like a rebellion, there's rumors of a stormtrooper rebellion. And to now, and we didn't get it. We were upset. And then sadly, the world is going through what it's going through right now. But to see the actor being the leader that he could have been on screen makes it really on a Star Wars level that's not as important as the real world, obviously, but on a Star Wars level, very upsetting because we didn't get that in on screen. 
but we're now getting it in real life in a lot of ways and it's uh it's been interesting it's been interesting and speaking of interesting this has been a much heavier episode of pink milk than we normally do but we're in an important part of the world so we're going to go ahead and uh take a quick break we'll be right back Thanks for coming back. We're back. Did I take your line, Brian? You did, Thomas. Well, yeah, I like to steal things from you. You stole my heart. And I, your <laughs> youth. I took your youth, too. Oh, wait. Yeah, screw you for that one. <laughs> Just kidding. You took mine. You took all of it. So, uh, Eric, we were still giggling about your email, so thank you. And Only I, one of us was. I will show you pictures of my Ahsoka. And I will send you the bill. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of Ahsoka, we were just speaking uh, about John Boyega, both of which have had very close relationships with stormtroopers. One was just clone troopers before they were stormtroopers. But that brings us to our our subject at hand, stormtroopers and time jumping. Time jumping. <laughs> so, Thomas. Yes, Brian. What do you think, before we get on our conversation here, what do you think of uh, Stormtroopers in general? Is just kind of a, you see Stormtrooper, what comes to your mind? Pretty much that. Oh, there's a Stormtrooper. Oh, there's another Stormtrooper. I didn't really think much of them okay. or their changes until you showed me that video the other day. Uh, the video he is speaking to is Stormtroopers Explained on Wired, and I'll have links in the show notes. I have to Hopefully. say, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, honestly, they're pretty rad. So, I mean, I know I remember the story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I tell you what I learned? Sure. Go I ahead. I learned one thing. What did you learn? Well, I learned a lot of things, but the original stormtroopers were, and this is according to the historian for Star Wars, mm-hmm. that girl, whoever she is, uh, was supposed to represent bones and the human skeleton. Yep. I thought that was pretty awesome. Pretty rad. Yeah. So you get to I, the Sith Troopers, you get meaty in the red. You know, meat. it's very exciting as an average fan at best okay, to yeah. learn something like this. Well, <laughs> speaking of those skeletons, I you've shared the story a few times, but the first time you saw A New Hope in the movie theater and that first shot of the door being cut open and Stormtroopers jumping out with, Storm, with uh, Vader mm-hmm. quickly behind them. Do you remember what you thought back then? I was scared. That's what I thought. Uh, Vader or the troopers or oh, definitely Darth Vader. The troopers. I mean, they were white, so they didn't yeah. really, at first glance, you know, their first impression was not uh, fear. In time, they're the sheer multitude of them all. Did you That's think they were robots too? Like many, of I us? did. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. I think everybody thought they were robots. So you know, one of the things that I love about that opening shot because it's really, it's our very first shot of the empire is the star destroyer this is if you watch it in release order our very first shot of the empire is uh this the star destroyer looming overhead right mm-hmm. it's this big white ship cutting through the black of space then we see a white door being opened and white troopers followed by a menacing black figure right the empire is very black and white that was our in release order and the first time tom and i saw it that's our introduction to the empire we learn as time goes on and then especially if you go back to the prequels much of the empire is built on the ideology of the sith and we didn't know it yet but the empire is built on those things and one of my favorite lines of all of star wars is anakin when he says you're either with me or you're against me and 
the empire is very black and white in their ideology. So you have the black and the white is the very first introduction of the empire, and I love it. That's I think pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool. rad. Very deep as well. Mm, as deep as the vastness of space. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I want to talk about time jumping because not literally we're not going to the world between worlds because quite frankly I still don't have that episode figured out I don't really understand it and it, it's going to require someone smarter than I to talk about it Tom is sitting here at the other side of the table having absolutely no idea what I'm talking about because he never saw that episode nope <laughs> <laughs> we will one day though because it's really awesome i still want to do a watch of clone wars the mortis arc and then uh a few episodes of rebels with the world between worlds because it's about as weird as star wars gets and i love it um but with with time jumping has always been a part of star wars you know when star wars first came out it was just star wars then we the release order or whatever but chapter four came very early on episode four and so we automatically knew we were in the future from something and the prequels were what came of that uh tom and i are both old enough to remember when the prequels came out <laughs> and i think we've mentioned it on the show before i'm sure there's been had been prequels before but there had never been a prequel maybe on the level of star wars releasing prequels and so during the release of the prequels the episode titles were front and center, not the name of the movies. It was episode one, episode two, episode three. That's how they were marketed to really like shove it down your throat of these came before Star Wars. People like me, it was never confusing. We understood it. People like Thomas. Confused? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I was confused. It was, um, it never, you know, we see a lot more of that nowadays than we used to. I think it would not probably confuse audiences the same way it did back then. But then we can fast forward that same confusion <laughs> to the current era of stars with Disney. We started in 2015 with the release of The Force Awakens. The next movie to come out was Rogue One. The Force Awakens takes place 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Rogue One takes place a few days before Episode 4. So it was already this gigantic time jump. Then we had The Last Jedi, which was uh, the next day after the, the Force Awakens. The following movie was Solo, which was like 10 years before Rogue One. <laughs> so Star Wars, is re it jumps time all over the place it has really become a part of the narrative of how you tell a star wars story uh which is really exciting but i do think it is very confusing for your average audience member especially with the injection of rogue one and solo because they didn't have episode title uh episode titles put in front of them so there's one clue that non-super fans can always look for to tell what era you're in you know what that clue is the Stormtrooper. The Stormtrooper, Thomas. The Stormtrooper. Do they I get a the, prize? You do. You do. You get a big I've kiss. I've gotten two questions right. I'm impressed. Maybe I should be doing Star Wars trivia. Go. Go what? <laughs> do you have a question Star for talking, me? Start take the notes over. Start leading the show. Let's oh, do it. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> Was that a no, great segue? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, uh, no, I do want to talk about... So we have the prequels, we have the clone troopers starting, well, episode one, there was no stormtroopers, there was no anything. It was the, the idea of those things coming. We had the, droid, the droids, but episode two came and all of a sudden we get the introduction of the clone troopers, which are clones of Jango Fett. We found out they were ordered by Saifedia. You know, there's the whole mystery surrounding what the clone troopers are. And to this day, the prequels get a lot of... of smack for having too much cgi i've gone down this road many times on this podcast of you're welcome because we wouldn't have anything we have now without that but one of the one of the things that i love what the clone troopers represent and the fact that they are all cgi is palpatine stripped them of their humanity they were not people they were tools to be used for his purpose so by having a bunch of CGI characters, 
they didn't exactly look human. They didn't, you could tell there was something off and it was a really visual part of the story. There's a quote that George Lucas, I'm not going to quote it, but I'm going to reference a thing that he'd said that a long time ago and I couldn't find it on the interwebs, but he had said that Star Wars should, you should be able to turn the sound off and be able to tell the story. Like a two-year-old should know what's going on without words. And I don't hear enough discourse about special effects and how they're used to tell the story, not just the effects or practical versus CGI, but why you use what you use and when you use it. And the prequels for the clones, it's used to control the narrative and they were just not human enough because the person creating them, they weren't humans and you don't see these stories necessarily on screen during the prequels, but once you start watching the Clone Wars, which you've now seen several episodes of, the clones really become their own people. And there's a lot of conversation, especially in the early first season, about the fact that they all look the same. Why are they being treated as different people? So it's really, really awesome. What, I mean, what do you think? I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you remember the at least the evolution? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a little lost there for a few minutes. <laughs> and so did our audience. They just drifted off. Hopefully they're not driving and just drove into the back of a car. <laughs> I thought I was at church for a minute. <laughs> I would go to church every Sunday if they talked about Star Wars. Specifically the sermon. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I really do. I love the fact that they're just CGI characters. It really represents just a tool being used and a lack of humanity. So we see from episode two, when they all look, they're really just the same, minus a couple color variations to, to, to for ranking, that we get to episode three, and we see some of them actually have painted helmets and all that that give them their own sense of purpose. And we learn a lot about that during the prequels or during the Clone Wars, excuse me, of, you know, in animation, the clones became a much, a big part of the story. I mean, Rex is one of the main characters of that show. So they had to differentiate them somehow anyways, uh, just so we knew who was who in the audience. But it speaks to self-identity and we in the queer culture know a lot about self-identity. I mean, there's some people, trans people, we've been speaking to earlier in the episode with regards to Gina. And, and the longer I sit on that, even especially after we've had that discussion, I'm just more upset with her, I think. And I had said earlier in this about, I guess the celebrity should have the right to say what they want to say, which I stand by, but they also need to deal with the repercussions of what they say and not just automatically block people out of annoyance. Gina. Yeah. <laughs> it's very disappointing. Um, but, you know, a lot of us have lost our family. We've lost things. We didn't ever feel comfortable in our own skin given to us by other people. And we have to go seek out that identity. And it's something I think a lot of queer people relate to the clones during the Clone Wars for that very reason. There's a lot of self-discovery in them and looking past what the outside looks at them. You know, to to the general population, the clones are just clones. To the Sith, they were just tools. To the Jedi, most of them, they were just treated just as, as body bags, basically. <laughs> and they had to identify themselves and discover who they were because society told them they were one thing, just like a lot of us queer people, but we're not necessarily just what people are going to put on us, and we have to fight to find our own. And it's a, kind of a beautiful little thing there. But So between episodes two and three, by episode three, they look a little more like stormtroopers. Do you remember that from the video we watched, Thomas? I do. Nothing else? <laughs> I answered the question. I do remember <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so then we get to the original trilogy and we see the stormtroopers that we see, but then we start seeing, you know, different 
stormtroopers that have their different costumes that serve their different purpose for the vehicles they drive or ships they pilot or whatnot. But, and then that's that era of if you see what we all quote unquote know as a stormtrooper, you know you're right around the original trilogy. Luke and Leia are somewhere off in that world or they're about to Darth Vader's in that world. Actually, let's put it that way. Darth Vader is in that world. If you see the clone troopers, Anakin's still in the world. Then we jump 30 years in the future and we see the first order troopers, which are still very reminiscent of the stormtroopers, but they're really cleaned up and modern and they look different. You see those people, Darth Vader's dead. Interesting. It's like a really okay. easy marker, like immediate marker of where in the timeline you are. Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, or Darth Vader's dead. And the Skywalker saga, even right there in in just the visual cues of the Stormtrooper, centers all around Darth Vader as it's his saga. Uh, you really got to dig deep to find Darth Vader anywhere in the sequel trilogy, but <laughs> he's kind of there. Um, but I think that's a really amazing tool that is oftentimes overlooked and like even in in the sequel trilogy with the first order the first order troopers are so clean and simple like they're simplified even more and i love the idea that the first order just idolizes what the empire was and they want to polish the empire up and make them brand new and sparkly again and so they took their stormtroopers and cleaned them up and got them down to the bare bones of what they were um, and then we find out that it's Palpatine who I think in the prequels, I think he kind of somehow in a backwards way, maybe really thought he was bringing peace to the galaxy in that line, you know, in Mandalorian, remember the uh, client and he's like talking about the good days of the empire and look mm-hmm. everywhere now is chaos. Like there are real, there were re- people who really believe that was the right thing. Clearly it's not. But I think by the rights of Skywalker, I think Palpatine was just ticked off and was greedy for power and wanted to almost take back what was taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the Sith troopers and they said they're, you know, look like the muscle and the meat. But I look at it as like he's going to make the galaxy bleed now for what they did to him. And it was it's a really cool thing. Now, I'm not sure which ones these were, but I really like the red ones. And as you know. The red came because it was some play on uh, uh, George's favorite color car. That's what the historian said, yes. the hot rod red. But I like the the ones, the guards that guarded Palpatine and had the long, the so long neck on them. So Which ones were they? Talking about from Return of the Jedi when they had like the big capes. It was like their big robes. You couldn't see past the capes, but they had like a long red neck. Yes, like, mm-hmm. those are yep. the Emperor's royal guards. Oh, yes. the royal guard. Okay, yes, they were pretty rad. They were pretty uh, rad. Gods, leave us. Yeah, they were very awesome. They have a very big fan base. They're like the best of the best stormtroopers, and mm-hmm. they work their way up to the ranks and uh, then guard him. You know what would be a cool movie? The eyes of all of Star Wars through a stormtrooper and how you just said, hey, they came up. They're the best of the best. They came up in the ranks. Wouldn't that be cool to see it from their point of view? No, not a fin, not oh. that. We got a little glimpse, I got it, yeah. but coming up in the ranks and being born in that world, I'd like to see that. Well, that is what's disappointing. We could have had that with Finn. I mean, that mm-hmm. was what was really cool about him is we could have seen someone who maybe wanted to leave the Empire, but, I mean, they even had opportunity right there when they were in, um, oh, God, I keep wanting to say Camino. It's not Camino. It's a casino planet. Uh with Rose and he could have still not understood, you know, they have DJ where, you know, bad guys steal from the good guys, the good guys steal from the bad guys. And they were saying there's no real sides, but Finn could have actually had more character there and said, I'm a stormtrooper. I've seen some of the things, the good things, quote unquote, that the, the, by then the first order drilled into these, remember they were kidnapped as children. That's all the world they know. His worldview would have been shaped in some sort of way that there was benefit to that. And after meeting, after the force awoke, woke up inside of him and he didn't pull that trigger, which is what I always think happened. The force had awakened inside of him at that moment. 
and clarity came for the first time. And that's why he was all confused. There could have been real character there of what life from a stormtrooper was like. And then by the rise of Skywalker, we really could have gotten to know more stormtroopers. There you had that opportunity between him and Phasma in that movie. They edited that scene out where you saw him like calling Phasma out for what she did which was lame, but we really could have had that story. Cause I agree with you hundred percent. I think that would be really awesome. Actually. Um, there are some spoof comics, uh, tags in bank. I think it's called nineties. Maybe, um, that they're just like background Imperial troopers who add commentary on everything that we know is going on. They're pretty funny, but like a non serious or a non comical version of that could be, really really cool actually because hmm. i still want i want a side story during the original trilogy i think it would be awesome and maybe telling it through a stormtrooper and then there's uh ray sloan i think is her name i'm not a big video game person but she was like a stormtrooper i think who rises up in the ranks from one of the video games and i'm sure all the nerds and the interrupts are like that's not who it is no it would be cool <laughs> Somebody who's like the secretary, <laughs> the secretary uh-huh. to Darth Vader, yep. <laughs> so, who has just commentary. Oh God, here he comes again. He always tells me to take this note, and he never reads them. And well, something's folks. crazy and ordinary. Okay. Maybe the mechanic of his ship, and he's complaining it's making a noise. Just something crazy. I think that would be folks, pretty. Pretty. We're good. gonna have to get Thomas into reading some of the Star Wars books because, <laughs> in a certain point of view. <laughs> In a certain point of view, you have that. I think you there is an accountant. Seriously? Yeah, and it opened up with like an accountant, and his whole job was to like film, like get get money distributed to the right parts of the empire, the technical crew. For, and that Darth Vader, Vader was always an overspender, buying yeah. new capes and yeah, I, <laughs> more helmets and just just a big, you know, running up that credit card. Though, That'd be interesting. Well, you know, Anakin was pissed off at the Jedi, and they said no attachments. So by then, he's like, bitches, you said no fucking att- no attachments? <laughs> beep, I- <laughs> beep. No attachments? I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to adorn myself. I'm going to get a new myself. ship every week. I'm going to have a nine-car ship garage. I'm going to build. I'm going to have all those pod racers that I could have been driving because I was the only human that could And I'm do living it. at the top, the top of the ship. <laughs> And I have a, a summer ship and, uh, yeah, multiple homes. <laughs> well, I think it could be cool. I love that the name of this episode is Stormtroopers and Time Jumping, and I think we spent the least amount of time talking about Stormtroopers and Time Jumping. But if Welcome you wanna, to our show. Welcome to our show. If you want to continue the conversation, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Serving Pink Milk, or you listen to our new uh, mixtapes released every Friday. We have two volumes. You can find those at ServingPinkMilk.com or on Twitter at Serving Pink Milk. Make sure you write us a five-star review and give us a little written note there on Apple Podcasts. We've gotten some very nice ones. Uh, the one that you listened to earlier make me made me feel very, very good. If you enjoy this podcast, if you know that having an LGBTQ voice out there in the Star Wars fandom is important, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a written review. It really helps us in the searches. And thank you for your support. That is a really, really wonderful way to support us even more. And we appreciate you. And next week we start and coming our- up next. We're going to have some trivia because Brian's oh ending the show. Gosh, and oh. I'm over here all excited. I think what he was trying to do is get out of the trivia. Yes. <laughs> Eli, I'm trying. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. I was trying because now comes the embarrassment of the super fan. I'm going to bomb every one of these questions. Good try, Brian. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eli and Jacob. Yes. Here we go, though. I love you, too, and I'm very excited for this. And please, no one out in the Twitterverse laugh at me. My husband will do plenty of it for you. And don't laugh at me, either, as I try to pronounce half this stuff. <laughs> uh, but we're probably going to take oh, two or three. Yes? Hang on, one quick... Yes. My, I my do, call. I want to do one one, one thing in, for my love of Alice and Laura. Just follow my... Just say what I say. Trivs. 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 Okay, go. Trivs. <laughs> All right, number one. Why were Lando Calrissian and Luke Skywalker unsuccessful in locating the dagger that would lead to the Wayfinder of 
Exegol? Exegol. Exegol. Okay. A, they never located the correct planet that it was on. B, they were called back from their search because of an attack on the New Republic. C, the previous owner of the dagger had died and in turn left the dagger in a place that they could not find. D, the previous owner had destroyed the dagger. E, whew, okay, E, the previous owner had engaged them, wounded Lando with the dagger, and then ran away. Uh, I love how I even need multiple choice on these, but it, C was the one where they died, right? C, the owner of the dagger had died. C. Okay, C C it is, Eli. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) In what year did Darth Maul die? A, 2ABY. B, 32BBY. C, 10BBY. D, 2BBY. E, 10ABY. I'm going to go with 2BBY. 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 Okay, record that. We're going to have Eli give us the uh, correct answers, <laughs> and we will announce them next week. Uh, yeah, put it all on Twitter. Let's. See. He's been... Uh, uh, well, I don't ever know who I'm talking to if I'm talking to Eli or Jacob, but they're both very excited. I love it, and they've been talking on Twitter. So awesome, awesome out there. All right, number three. How was Din Djarin convinced to take his helmet off despite the Mandalorian tradition? Oh, I don't need not no to take it off. This. Whoa, 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 whoa! A, he was not in front of a living yeah, being. Ig Eleven was not real, therefore just a droid. So technically. No one yeah. saw. Boom. All right. Thanks, IG-11, and your... Number four. Thermal detonator of a heart. When telling Anakin Skywalker the strategy... I'm sorry, the tragedy... Tragedy... Of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yes. Mm-hmm. Chancellor Chev... Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine also reveals his opinion of the moral of the tale. What is that moral? A. No one is invincible. B, all who gain power are afraid to lose it. C, everyone has a blind spot. D, freedom is a vice, not a virtue. E, the light rises, so does darkness. Uh, Well, now maybe that was still Palpatine because Snoke said that, but I I made Snoke. doesn't really make sense, so I don't know if it was him or I don't know. Anyways, it's... uh, they're afraid to lose power. That's what I was going to guess. Okay, mm-hmm. B. All right, here we go. Let me. I'm going to do. Let's a spin now. See if I can pick up another one. Big money, big money. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Uh, I just want to make sure I can pronounce some of these things. All right, cool. Here we go. <laughs> Why are Anakin Skywalker, Kit Fisto, he's got the pearliest white teeth of all, and Ahsoka. Of Tano mm-hmm. forced to call the Jedi High Council for help on Mon Moncala Calamari Malcolmari oh, Calamari Yes mm-hmm. A the separatists bought, brought technological reinforcements meant to overwhelm them B the separatists brought droid trooper reinforcements meant to overwhelm them C, the Republic had lost most of its clone troopers and the Jedi were some of the only survivors. D, the Republic had lost most of its Jedi and Fisto, (laughs) Tano, (laughs) and Skywalker were the only Jedi survivors. (laughs) Oh, E, sorry, there's an E. An earthquake had killed a lot of the Republic's troops. I wonder if they should have renamed him Crisco Fisto. I don't know. <laughs> What's your answer? Um, okay, that was a long... I haven't watched that in a while. I am thinking of the shark guy and his creepy swimming pacing back and forth between the cell. Uh, I don't remember, so I'm going to have to say... There were, was it B, they brought a bunch of droids to overwhelm them? 
correct. Okay. That's, Is that your final that's answer? That's my final answer. B. Eli, B. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do a spin again. Number 47. What famous... 47 cents? I need a dollar, Tom. I need a dollar. <laughs> what famous ship from Star Wars Rebels television series appears on Exegol oh, in Star Wars episode... Okay. Uh, nine, The Rise of the Skywalker film. Yeah, The Ghost. Well, hey... The ghost. What the ghost? C. There you go. Ghost. I would like to prove that I don't always need multiple choice. Take that, Laura from Force Dose. Okay, I'm you gonna, and I are next on the schmodown. I'm gonna pick one more here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, the following three. Oh no, we can't do that one because that's. Oh. A, which of the following characters appear in season three of Star Wars Rebels okay. television series? A, Yoda, B, Ochi. Wait, wait of, what? Three characters? Yeah. What? So no, which three? of the following characters appear oh. in season three of, the, oh. of Star Wars Rebels? A, Yoda, B, Ochi of Bestoon? Uh-huh. Okay. C. That's who had the dagger. Okay. Oh, the... Uh, and Eli loves him oh, some Ochi. I think okay. it's Eli, right? Or is it you, Jacob? I forget. I'm sorry. I think it's Ochi of Beston. Yeah, right. I said yeah. that right. Okay, cool. Amelin, Amelin Holdo. Nope. I think it's Yoda. Mon Mothma. Sure. Mon Mothma. Oh, God. Oh, see, this mm, is a trick question. Seventh sister. Because... It's seventh sister, Mm-mm. isn't it? No? Uh, Not that I know who that is. Uh Oh, gosh. I'm going to say... See Mon Mothma because she showed up with uh uh oh my god oh I'm so embarrassed hmm. Sagarera and you're the super there. fan you know because Yoda also shows up it's a trick question because I believe Yoda showed up in season four and my god was that a weird looking Yoda I it didn't did not work for me that anim animation see Mon Mothma final answer. <laughs> if no one was around in the early 2000s or the late all 90s, right eli no it's up to you now you need to let us know what those answers are and i will announce them on next next show okay but next show we are doing our mandalorian rewatch with mm-hmm. a queer round table uh tom we've got a workout cut out for us there's like a big table we so. will announce it in the very beginning because we know that everybody We'll be dying to know the answer to these. <laughs> Did Brian, is Brian a super fan or is he, eh? All two listeners going to be <laughs> foaming at the mouth. <laughs> no, thank you very much. For, yes, thank you. Thank you, uh, Eli and Jacob, for doing this. It's been a lot of fun. We've been talking about it for a hot minute. I'm very excited. I hope I did all right. I am feeling uh, fairly confident. Fairly you seemed confident. confident. Fairly. I'm looking forward fairly. to the answers. Yeah. Um, that's it. Remember, next week is a important four-part episode, start of a four-part episode. I'm very excited about our Mandalorian rewatch with a queer roundtable. There has never been this many queer people talking about Star Wars at once. I'm sure of it. Maybe so. I don't know. I'm excited. So Tom's got his work cut out for him. Anyways, don't forget to follow us at Serving Pink Milk on Twitter and Instagram. Visit our website at servingpinkmilk.com where you can now submit questions so you can give us a question in twitter instagram or on the website at servingpeakmilk.com and thank you and until next week bye